In a very short time, we've been forced to reevaluate our values. Values related to employment, family, and home. As we come out of two history-making pandemic years, connecting with others is more important than ever. But it's safe to say that the way we can and want to connect has changed. We are not-for-profit professionals supporting adults to live, work, and grow in a rapidly changing world. Connection means that we need to work together to build and put into practice whole and multifaceted plans for our clients so that they can reach their own personal successes. For some of us, life is returning to pre-pandemic norms where we work out of an office on a set schedule. Others may have no office to return to and may spend working hours on a couch or kitchen table in their own home. And some may be straddling schedules where they sometimes go to the office and sometimes work in their own personal space. These experiences are the same for our clients who are navigating a world that is still deciding what work life will look like. How can we support them while adapting ourselves? Whoever and wherever you are, if you support adults in learning in life, the Getting Connected podcast may be for you. Join us as we talk through relevant topics that support you to do your best work. Grab a coffee, give us just a few minutes of your workday, and let's connect. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Getting Connected. Uh, I'm going to be handling this podcast on my own today with two very special guests. My name is Gay Douglas. I'm the co-executive director at Literacy Link Niagara. My usual partner in podcasting is Ashley Hoth-Murray, and she wasn't available today. She has another important task. Uh, So I have the pleasure and the privilege of uh, talking today and hearing more about uh, the experience of a community-based agency in succession planning for their long-term executive director. So obviously a very timely subject given uh, a number of us in the literacy and basic skills world are over 50. I know that's hard to believe, but we are. And at some point in the future, I imagine a number of us will be considering retirement. Uh, so in what does that do to a small community-based agency with a volunteer board of directors and a long-term Uh, executive director with lots of knowledge and intel and experience. So we're going to be talking today to two special guests. Uh, The first is Chris Restivo, and she is the executive director of the Niagara Regional Learning Center. Uh, The NRLC um, used to be called regularly the Niagara Regional Literacy Council, And a few years ago, they changed their name to really reflect the fact that people go there to learn. Uh, And you know that literacy word, it has a lot of different connotations and not all of them positive. So kudos to NRLC for embracing learning. Uh, So that's Chris. Chris uh, has been with the agency as their executive director for 31 years. I found out a little about Chris today that I did not know even though uh, I've now known Chris for 25 years. And that's that one of her first jobs prior to coming to the NRLC was marketing for a a well-known hotel chain and a senior's residence. 
Uh, so she was really out there meeting people, greeting people, communicating about the values of uh, those particular um, offerings. And then she said that she took a year off and all of a sudden there was this opportunity that arose. And even though she didn't have a lot of experience in adult literacy, she jumped on the opportunity. So that's Chris's story in a nutshell. Uh, welcome, Chris. Thank you. So we look forward to asking you a few more questions. I'd also like to introduce you to Colleen Lorison. Uh, Colleen has been a tutor at the Niagara Regional Lip Learning Center since 2018, and she joined the board the next year. Um, they have been working on succession planning since that time. They struck a committee uh, and under uh, Colleen's leadership as the vice chair of the board, they have done an awesome and very comprehensive job of developing a, a succession plan for the time when their current executive director leaves that position. In her past, Colleen has served both provincially and regionally here in the Niagara region uh, with people on social assistance and those who are requiring additional supports. So she has a really in, intensive and uh, first-hand experience of working with, um, I'm sure, people who are similar to the learners at the Niagara Regional Learning Center. So uh, welcome both of you and hello, Colleen. Hello. All right. So um, we have a few questions we'd like to ask, but of course, the way our podcasts work is we often meander around and you may have some questions or I may have additional questions for you. But we thought it would be wise to start with the question. Tell us a little more about the Niagara Regional Learning Center. Okay, thanks, Gay. The Learning Center was founded in 1978 and it's a community-based not-for-profit organization that's dedicated to increasing literacy. We work with volunteer tutors and they assist adults with reading, writing, numeracy, workplace, computer, pre-GED and life skills in either a one-to-one -one cl or classroom setting. The materials that we use and all lessons follow the guidelines of the Ontario Adult Curriculum Framework. There's no charge to the learner for study materials or for tutoring. All of our tutors must take, uh, excuse me, all of our tutors must take part in a 12-hour basic workshop that explains the purpose of our program, the materials we use, as well as the best ways of being sensitive to adult new readers. The workshops are organized and operated by seven trained staff and volunteer trainers. Our program is a strong force for adult literacy in the Niagara region, but no system is so perfect that it cannot be improved. Our strength lies in the dedication, interest and perception of each individual member we're always open to suggestions for additions to our curriculum to enable learners to become better equipped and more personally fulfilled individuals. Literacy organizations exist to help adults upgrade their skills so they're able to enrich their lives and successfully meet the challenges presented to them. Lovely. A nice summary of 31 years of experience, Chris. <laughs> Excellent. I think I'm going to ask the next question of Colleen, because it's specific about the board of directors. So tell me, Colleen, what prompted the board to develop a succession plan? Well, thanks, Gage. Initially, uh, we had no plan at all. 
And with the, the longevity of Chris's uh, tenure at the board and, and the fact that most of our board members had been on the board for a great number of those years as well, we were worried that we wouldn't have a plan or know what to do when we um, were moving forward to, uh, you know, having to replace a significant person, either uh, like especially Chris, because of her knowledge, experience, she basically built our local organization from the ground up. And she knows where everything is. She organizes us all and is great guidance to all of us. But we were worried going forward that a lot of the history of the knowledge that was in the board then are going to retire. And that's actually what has happened this year. Interesting. Yeah. And we have recruited a number of people. However, they're all brand new and they need, we felt we needed a guideline. We needed a, a roadmap to, to move forward. What's going to happen if the worst case scenario happens? What's going to happen uh, for Chris to be able to help transition somebody new into the board right. uh, as a as a dd or whatever so we did a who what where when kind of a plan and tried to cover a number of those um, scenarios mm -hmm. so that was basically what prompted us to get going okay great and i like the idea and i know we're going to hear more about this about it's not just about finding someone and then having chris leave and this person come in but i'm sure you're going to have some overlap and a transition phase built in. So I want to hear more about the steps that uh, the board, it was, did you have a committee, Colleen, that oversaw most of this work? We did, uh, but we didn't in the beginning. Fortunately, you were offering a, a little workshop or seminar to talk to us about the necessity of it. <laughs> oh, and, uh, we, because we really weren't fully aware, hadn't really given it enough thought up to that point. Uh, mostly we were focused on other things like fundraising and the tutoring and so on. And we hadn't given enough thought. We were in a stable organization that had carried on forever uh, as it is. So we were really, because when we saw this um, uh workshop that you ran, it opened our eyes quite a bit to, to you know, what what is required of a succession and how we might best support a new ED and how we might find one and whose responsibility is it. We didn't want to leave it all on Chris's head. And so we got involved and we struck the committee at that point. So, uh, Colleen, I think I'll ask you the next question about the steps that you took as a board uh, to really uh, develop this comprehensive plan uh, for succession. Okay, thanks, thanks, Kate. We we didn't have any kind of a plan, nor did we even have an idea that we needed a plan. Your workshop made us aware of the need for some kind of a plan to deal with various scenarios, emergency, uh, planned uh, retirements, etc. We started by learning what was involved with it, 
but we really didn't know where to go with it. So we started our research, started to look at our websites and read about what other organizations had done. And once we had an idea of what was required, then we started to work on uh, using the resources that we found, and I can list them for you at, at a point, and uh, then use those as a guideline of what is needed to do ha have a, a smooth succession in various scenarios. So we did start with a, uh, a an emergency plan. We, we realized we needed to have an emergency if something happened, like a, even short term, like a broken leg or something. And then we went to short term. Well, what would happen if the broken leg ended up taking more than a month? And we went to a, a, a short term interim plan so that everything would be covered. The things like the deadlines, the reports, the finances, we needed to have a plan that all of that would continue. Um, then if we needed to recruit someone, say uh, a short term turned into long term because uh, our executive director wasn't able to return immediately, we went to a, a longer term plan and and, and this was just kind of what needed to be covered in all of these. And then of course, the ideal plan is if the executive director plans a retirement, is involved with the, is able to be involved with the recruitment and training and transition. And, and of course that's our best case scenario and what we're hoping for eventually. Uh, then we, we, in the steps, we wanted to then make sure that there was a guideline for the board of to be able to find everything. So we did a, 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 a who, what, where, and when kind of a chart that would identify where all of these necessary items that they would need. Things like how to find the report, who's responsible for signing into the ministry for the for, for the monthly report. Who, who do we talk to about the finances? Uh, it, it's so complicated when you start to get into it to know where everything is. And we knew a board would take an, an inordinate amount of time to be able to find everything and they would need it all immediately. So we laid it out in a specific chart. So basically we went through that and then we just fleshed out each step and uh, identified what they should do, where they should go, and so on. And so we ended up with an 85-page book that kind of fleshes out every possible scenario and then taking wow. it into a training plan for an executive director or even an employee that wanted maybe to aspire to become an executive director. Oh, so you've looked at internal succession as well as external succession opportunities. Yes, as as a as a we just thought a, a, an employee development plan should someone want to do that. It makes sense. We were just trying sense. to. Yeah, we were looking at the future. 
Yeah. So how many pages is it again? It's about 85. Wow, that is a comprehensive guide. But the beauty of it is, as you said, Colleen, it looks at various options and various scenarios. So it doesn't mean that you have to follow 85 pages to solve a problem or to find a solution. It means if this happens, for example, the short term, you'll go to page 17 or whatever, and then there is the steps that are undertaken. Now, you did mention uh, some resources. Would you like to share those now or later? Because I think that will be extremely helpful to our audience. Well, yes, it our resources were extremely helpful and useful uh, in learning about how to find things. Centrally to lay out our plan, we, we relied a lot on the Literacy Link South Central organization that has done one before. Uh, we, we looked at um, Community Literacy of Ontario and Employment Ontario. We, we accessed their information. Uh, the um, Employment Ontario Partners Gateway. We looked at the literacy and basic skills of theirs, ministry publications. Uh, there is a lot of information to be found in there. Ministry uh, employment information systems. Some of these, like CAMS, we've mentioned them as a resource. We didn't strictly use them because only certain people uh, that are designated in our organization would have access, but we wanted to reference it because it's an important part of it. Your organization, uh, the governance checklist is basically where we started, where we, we learned exactly what kind of a checklist, what do you need? Where do we start? Because we didn't know anything about it. Um, the Southwest Harbor Questionnaire. Uh, some of these, in some of the steps, you have to survey your board and so on. And we didn't know how to do that, so we had to learn how that would happen. And also following up a questionnaire design, we wanted to know if we did survey the board to get decisions made then how does one do that? So that's laid out as well, as well as SurveyMonkey. Not a lot of volunteers that come onto the board don't know where to find or how to, what organizations are there to help. Uh, the Lobach uh, Literacy Council of Ontario, uh, Community Literacy Ontario, um, Alpha Plus were resources for literacy trainers and general information. Charity Village also had a number of things in their educational piece uh, on marketing and recruitment. And, and if the future board that is working on this wants to look at marketing, they have a nice uh, little webinar on, on marketing. And, uh, oh, and then also we found a thing on fundraising through the Google nonprofit ad grant, which we're kind of looking into. So Very interesting. You really did do your research as a board in terms of finding a lot of different valuable materials. It sounds like both within the LBS world and also just in the not-for-profit world generally. Um, maybe this would be time to reflect on the fact that 
Um, it maybe it's obvious to people uh, who are either in or not in a community-based agency, but the fact is that the volunteer board of directors acts as the employer for the executive director, and that's why it is appropriate that board take on this task. They are, at the end of the day, liable for the future of the organization, and without staff leadership, that can often fall on the shoulders of the board. So uh, kudos for doing this kind of work. Could you give us, uh, Colleen, a little uh, sort of a high level look at the various components of the plan? So if we were looking at your plan, um, what would be the table of contents sort of thing? Mm -hmm. uh, well, we would start with our document checklist. And the first thing the board can do when they need to, to look at it is to look at our first, like the where things are, the document checklist, the location of where they're going to find everything. Uh, then we went to, um, the various scenarios. So then we laid out just what would happen if there was uh, a, a, an executive director need and we need to find someone to fill it immediately because in order for us to continue running and, and providing tutoring services, uh, we would need to have these functions done immediately and on a monthly basis. So they would need to, um, so we basically started with this uh, short term uh, for a month to up to six months. And then uh, we actually had um, discussed with our current employees whether somebody would be willing to take that over immediately. Should there be, you know, something uh, happen that we weren't with, with an executive director on, on an immediate basis. So we did uh, identify a staff member that would be willing to do it on a short-term basis. And then for six months to a year, we looked at how would we cover this it would either be um, bringing somebody in, a board member, or perhaps an one of the employees could continue to cover for a, a further period of time and their role would be laid out. And then of course, the long-term and uh, that would require a full recruitment and even, even an interim long-term might require that kind of a recruitment. So uh, overall, um, there's basically four plans and four timelines. I have a question uh, for both of you. Um, mm -hmm. uh, the first question, and this is a question you haven't heard before. So this is just coming out of what I'm hearing. Um, two questions. The first one I'm going to make to Christine. How, in, in three or four words, how would you describe the biggest change in your job description from the day you started 31 years ago, what you do now? 
What what would you say is the the very high level biggest change? Paperwork. <laughs> Lots more than there was, Chris. Much more. Ministry demands. United Way demands. New materials for learners. Always got to keep up with the times. Right. A lot of paperwork. A lot of paperwork. Do you remember the good old days when we used to fill in a single form and run it down to a ministry office? And the next thing you know, we had a co-op student for the next six months. That's right. Uh, Those days are over. There's so much more scrutiny, so much more paperwork. And I would add, Chris, I think another key thing that certainly wasn't in place when either of us started uh, many years ago was that the demand for technology, everything's online now. Definitely. So big, big changes. So Colleen, did you begin in the early stages of this at looking at Chris's job description? Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, we collected the job descriptions of our three staff to see how is it divided up. And we realized that Chris's job description is very extensive and there's a great deal of knowledge required to do it mm-hmm. so we you know that that was that's really another reason for having had the plan because we realized anybody coming in unless they have a background or an understanding there's a lot of technology to learn a lot of um requirements under the reporting and financially and so on and not to mention the acronyms. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> we are famous for our acronyms. Um, I still have to look them up. Yeah, well, I've got a list. So many of the networks have a list that we try to keep updated, although we can't always keep up with all the new acronyms. But it that would be a great resource for you to put into your kit. So it sounds to me like the kit is not only covering various scenarios in terms of the absence of your executive director, but there's also, this would be great information for orienting new board members, it sounds to me too. Yes, actually, it's going to be a very handy tool because most board members are coming in from some other sector. Yep. And they are joining because they have an interest in literacy and a passion for helping people, Uh, but they don't understand you know, that it's an organization, it's a business as well that needs to run smoothly. Absolutely. That's awesome. So um, have one question related to this, uh, sort of one final question about your experience uh, with Niagara Regional uh, Learning Center and succession planning. And then I have a final question that we ask all of our guests which I haven't shared with you yet. So it's going to be a bit of a surprise, Um, but it will be related to our topic today. So my final question about this particular subject today is uh, if you were connecting with another community-based agency that wanted to do a similar uh, project, wanted to create a succession plan for their long-term executive director, um, what advice would you give them in a nutshell? Oh, definitely. <laughs> they they should come and get the information from your webinar or listen to it again if you have it recorded, because it was very, very useful. We really didn't understand succession planning uh, when we started it. And it was in the research. It's 
It's sit down and actually figure out what you need. Do your research and then you can build on your plan. It's it's very valuable to have, but um, it, it does take some time. And, I, and it varies too, depending on the size of the organization. Mm-hmm. Chris, but, do you have any advice? What would your advice be to a board or an executive director considering the need for a succession plan? I think they need to take it really seriously. And uh, as Colleen says, look into your webinar or your workshops because they were excellent. I think that our committee would be more than willing to assist uh, anybody new online, preferably. Um, I, I do have one more thing here. This flash drive has so much information on it for the past three years. I update it every month with finance, with minutes, passwords, auditors reports, everything you can possibly think of is on a platform. That is brilliant. This would be available, if anything happened to me, this would be available to the chair of the board. And there's so much information on here. That is awesome. And obviously that's stored in a place that every, well, the important people who need to know, know where it is. It's awesome. What a good idea. Put it all, you're literally putting it all in one place, easy access, and you know it's up to date. So you actually update calendar, Chris, that it's time to update the stick? No, I just do it automatically. Just constantly. It's an ongoing it is. It's always in my computer. I have a backup of it as well. Awesome. Which I keep both of them up to date. Uh, all ministry contacts, United Way contacts, any contacts that we need are on here. Everything is on here. That's impressive. And you know, we were saying technology being one of the uh, emerging things that has changed over the years, but there's some real assets of Definitely. example of how technology is really helping your succession plan and keeping people up to date. And uh, before I ask my, I think I'll ask my final question, and this is a great question. And I'm, uh, we ask everyone who we do a podcast with in this particular series, we're asking them the same question. We'd like you to just go with your gut with what comes to mind. Um, The question is, when you think about uh, the information, resources, tools, what you use on a regular basis in the work you do, whether it be on the board or whether it be as an executive director, what do you think, which particular resource or tool do you wish people used more that you found helpful in your work that you would recommend to others above any other resource or information? Um. I got to think about that for a minute. Okay. How about you, Colleen? You got an answer? Well, you know, in the last two years, we we have relied on the internet and Zoom for meetings and so on. And I I really think that becoming literate in using and finding your resources, I find it a lot easier than having to you know, uh, 
search things out in the old fashioned way, you know, go to the library and look up things and you just can keep looking things up. And I, I think if, if the, the internet and, and even our succession plan, we have it electronically uh, as well as, um, as in a binder so that a future succession committee would be able to start there. But there we're going to have to, I believe, really rely on the internet and the resources that one can find on the internet to, to do their work. We've di- we're discovering that in financing now and our fundraising, because pandemic changed everything in that, and so we're relying on on what we can glean out from the internet and uh, find people. So probably way. probably five years ago, we we were far more reliant on looking at our own experience. But it's now there's so much out there that we can learn from others. And you're you've given a, a really concrete example of how you've built your succession plan based on so many different resources uh, that you wouldn't have had access to, you know, 10 years ago, right? How about oh, you? That's true. How about you, Chris? What, what do you wish people used more that you found helpful? Well, I agree with Colleen. Technology has become a, a daily necessity in our workplace and keeping up to date with technology and data reporting. And uh, it's, it's just something that has to be now. Right. It's a necessity. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you both. Uh, any final comments you'd like to make before we sign off? Well, only that if any organization uh, would require any help or advice, we'd be happy to, uh, to, to, to help out in any way we can. That's very kind, a very kind uh, gesture and uh, invitation. Thank you, Colleen. That's wonderful. Um, So I will remind folks uh, to Google Niagara Regional Learning Center. Uh, And uh, I wish I had the website, Uh, Christine. www.literacyniagara.org. There we go. Uh, Check it out. Uh, And thank you for your great work in terms of Um, making sure that Niagara Regional Learning Center is sustainable uh, beyond its current executive director and current board. That's you built that piece in as well. So um, and thank you, audience, for joining us today. Uh, Please uh, come again as we continue to get connected. (music) 